You're tuned in to the Why Sound Works podcast, presented by Soundtrack. Have you ever wondered what it is like to get into the mind of a professional producer, mixing and mastering engineer, entrepreneur, club owner, label owner, and owner of a music production tools website? Well, stay tuned and find out. What's up, everyone? I'm Daniel Strongen, and I want to welcome you to episode number three of the Why Sound Works podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you become a better music producer by exploring the music production process and all things music production related with professional music producers and industry professionals. In each episode of Why Sound Works, I chat with music producers and industry professionals from all over the world about the technical details of how they create their music starting from the first mini note all the way to the mastering stage, as well as talking about their career in the music industry. This podcast is presented by SoundshockAudio.com, a site dedicated to the modern music producer where all your music production needs are met with over 300 plus free plugins, over 200 free preset packs, over 200 music production apps for Android and iOS, and the largest free sample pack library on the web right now with 900 plus free sample packs with over 190,000 free samples, as well as the most comprehensive music production tutorials online, all for free. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing the founder of the music production tools website, We Make Dance Music, Mikas. Mikas has a unique perspective on music production, and over two decades of experience in the industry. In this interview, we cover how music production was like before computers, the early stages of the software use in music, how Mika started his music production site, We Make Dance Music, what value it has for producers, his views on the music production process as a whole, and much more. If you want to hear an artist or industry professional on the Why Sound Works podcast, you can shoot me a message at daniel at soundshockaudio.com. That is daniel at soundshockaudio.com. Also, if you like the podcast, feel free to leave a comment and review on iTunes, as this will help boost the popularity of the podcast, and all this great content will be able to reach more people. So let's get into the show. So, Mikas, I want to thank you so much for joining the show. I really do appreciate it. So for everyone who doesn't know who you are, why don't you give a brief explanation of who you are and how you got into the music industry? Hello, uh, everyone. Uh, my name is Mikas. I've been producing music since 2001. Uh, when it was I actually started in 1999, had my first touch on a computer with Reverb, but I really started producing seriously two years later when I actually could offer it because it was fairly expensive back in the days. And since then, I produce electronic music, mostly progressive. Some by some part are more trancy, some part are more deep, but it's progressive in a sense. And uh, I got started because I was running a nightclub and I had the chance to DJ in a nice sound system at night in an after hour. And I fell in love with the music and I had the chance to get a notebook, plug it into a 20,000 watt sound system. 
I connected it and I played with, uh, it was Rebirth. It was 2303, 1808 and 1909 in a rack, you know, and I played with that for seven hours in a row. Oh, I wow. couldn't stop because I was totally hooked up. It was so intense. After that, I decided I wanted to do music. It's really what I wanted. You know? The passion for music sorry, started even before in uh, 1993 when I went to my first rave, you know, or dance music event in, in uh, Quebec City, which is uh, for way a long, long time ago. I guess 25 years ago now. <laughs> so you really had the dream experience, uh, having a, you know, a club sound system and all that gear to play with uh, when you were learning how to produce. Where, where did you take your music career uh, right after you started? Were you uh, get on labels? Uh, did you play a lot of gigs? It was a long journey. I started, like I had the chance to play in a club, like to play with the, the software and, you know, plug into very loud. But after that, they, they were like a gap of uh, two years before I went out of the club scene and back into really full-time music production and building a studio. And like I said, in 2001, a good PC was about two grand, you know, so it was not accessible. And a good sound card, M-Audio 4.4, I believe, was $600 for something that was good, but it, there was still a hum in it. It wasn't very good. It was, it was right. great, four and four out. No, uh, four and four out with MIDI back then, you know, for this one. No, no, no MIDI this one. Actually, I remember this one. So it was not accessible even uh, 15 or, well, 17 years ago. It was very costly, you know, and VST were just beginning and they weren't that great either. So it was it was a very complex thing still, you know, to, to, to want to produce music. You know? Right. So how was the transition into the DAW then? Well, I started with... Uh, I, I tried Pro Tool, I tried FL Studio, I tried Cubase, I ended up in Nuendo, which is more the post-production uh, suite of Steinberg. It was much more stable at the time than even Cubase. Now it's it's equal, but it was the very the most advanced DAW that that I could get in 2001 was uh, Nuendo. It's still still on. People produce movie, movies with that. It's uh, it's really advanced with a lot of function for editing in real time. It's, uh, yeah, I, w I would use it now, but Steinberg interface is just not as good as Logic, so right. it doesn't, doesn't work so, so well for you. Right. So. so what do you think about all the advanced software we have today uh, as far as, you know, producers coming up and having the older producers, you know, see how amazing the technology has become in the scene these days? I think all those are pretty amazing if you get your workflow in it, if you get to learn you're done and you put your own twist to it. You know, everybody writes music differently in different software. So it's not never going to be one method that's going to get a result. It's, it's very creative. So you have a lot of room to play with. But they all, all the, the major four and Bitwig and some others that are also excellent. The major four, like, which is Ableton, Logic, FL Studio, and Cubase, they are on their own amazing. It's, 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 uh, and they don't crash, you know. When I started... Cubase was crashing. No, I'm not going to say constantly, but you know, it was very unstable. Right. It, even if you buy the best computers, you put the best RAM, you do the best thing, it was still unstable. So, it's 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 a big change now. Well, you can sit on your notebook uh, in a cafe and make a track, and your computer won't crash. You know? so that's that's great. So. Absolutely, technology has made it accessible to everyone. As long as you have a laptop and head uh, headphones, you're pretty much good to go yeah. making music so i have to ask how did you get in to your site we make dance music how did that you know love for music uh, djing producing how did that translate into your site that you have now 
So back then in 2012, I was producing. I had a co-producer in Vancouver, and we're making every Thursday we make music. You know, so every Thursday we do studio session, settle always. So one of the Thursday I finish. So we finish the session. We compose together because we're two guys jamming in the studio, making some tunes. You know, and after we finish, he send it to me because I had a better setup, more I had a better room, and better speakers. So I do the mix and the mastering. So he always send me the files. So we finished the session. He sent it to me, and then I started using Logic, actually Logic Nine back then. And sent me the file. And one day I left this place, and he just sent me the files. And I have the notification on my phone. Just send you the files via TransferWise or whatever that was. Send space probably. <laughs> and then I'm like, people would love to have those files. It just it just came to me, man. I was just walking down the street. I was looking at the notification on my phone. I was like, yeah, that's something that could work. That's something that people love. And then I asked myself. Would I love this? I'm like, yeah, I would buy these. You know, I would buy these from anybody that would share it, and that was the start of it. It was April 23rd, 2012. I was, I was, I started. I just started, and then I registered with Make Dance Music that night. It just came oh, to wow. me. I was like, it's gonna be the name of that site. I'm like, what am I gonna do? And then I put it together. I registered the domain, and that was it. Uh, three months and something later, it was online. Oh wow. That I dropped everything I was doing. I was having a DJ career. I was doing a TV show. I was doing many things at the time. And I was like, no, this idea is too strong. I really have to do something with it. You know, I dropped all the stuff completely. And I was like, okay, I, I want to do this one. It's To me, it's going to change. To my view, it's going to change the, the, the way people produce music. So this was the essence of it. So. Very nice. So did you have any experience with website design marketing or any of that before getting into uh the site we are we make dance music yeah i run a record label progressive Blues records for since 2005 so yeah i tried my hands on websites since the early 2000s and i've been on the web literally since high speed arrived in the early 2000s i'm on the web constantly yeah. okay. i bought the first uh, smartphone before there were smartphone it was uh <laughs> Motorola and with the uh, Windows OS. Uh, that was uh, 2000. That was just when the iPhone, just before the iPhone arrived, arrived in the US, but then in Canada. So just to give you an idea, I was really always loved tech and internet. That was just it felt natural. So nice. Always been into tech. That's good. <laughs> I feel a lot of people just kind of shove aside tech, and that really is the future. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, yeah, it's necessary. You can't you can't go without it. And while this bad side to it, there's also an amazing side to it. Like the output, the global output of music these days is so intense. It's it's incredible. Right. You, know, they, you can reach anyone with your site anywhere in the world. Yeah, we reach people. I can tell you that some people in Congo, in Bangladesh, in uh, Qatar, <laughs> in uh, Afghanistan bought some of our stuff. You know? Oh wow! So, so it really is global. That's for me, uh, it's impressive, you know, to see that. And now, as of late, is China and Indonesia. Nice. You know, Japan has been a while from the start. We did good in Japan, but uh, China somehow is becoming, uh, nice. you know, when I see somebody in, in uh, not only Hong Kong, but Shen, Shenzhen and Sangzhou, like the biggest city inside that have hundreds of millions of people uh, that buy some stuff, that means something is coming, you know. So something is definitely coming there. It's becoming more democratize and people want to have fun fun because they make money and they you know it's, it's changing now so so what exactly do you sell on your site 
Um, I sell music project files, or we call them templates. I was looking for a name, and projects, yes, they are projects, but they're templates, and they're, most of them, complete songs. You know, some people make them two minutes, some people make them five, six minutes, it depends on the creator. You know, we're not uh, putting a standard that is very restrictive to, to creators, because, you know, you make music the way you want, you know, you want to make uh, something really intense in two minutes that have all the elements of a song, great. You want to make a full track because you make full tracks and you want the person who buy it to have a full track experience, great. You know, So right now we have about 3,000 projects. Uh, FL, uh, Ableton first, then uh, Logic Pro, and then FL Studio and some Cubase. You know, Cubase is the lesser popular with the new generation, I would say. Right. So yeah, we sell music templates. Some include plugins some don't have plugins uh it's uh it's a bit complex but if you put it if you, if you let's say you would go on there and you would say oh i'm gonna buy this project i have a silent one silent one installed in my computer latest version hopefully and i have ableton 10 because i bought it or i pirated it whatever you did and then you download the template you open it it's a full song it's composed it's produced it's got arrangement, it might have automation, it's got send channels, it's got MIDI composition, it's got the drums, it's got compression. You know, it's the whole package. It's not like a sample pack that has only sounds in it. It's really, I think the, the biggest value is arrangements and the drums all separate and the mix, you know, and the groove really that you create, which is probably the hardest thing to do in electronic music, you know, to, to really have that sound, you know, that to have everything right. balanced and deliver something, something to push. This is was was the hardest for me, so right. I think people could really enjoy that. So those, this is what we sell. We sell sounds, we sell stems, which are full length audio file that we create the track. So we're gonna have twenty stems with all the elements separated. Instead of being little chunks of audio, they're full length, so you can drop them in Pro Tools, drop them in any DAWs, and you're gonna recreate the demo instantly. Uh, include some. Uh, some sound banks and some MIDI files too to be able to work a bit deeper into the session. Uh, some people they can use the drums. Some people they're gonna chop it. You know, it's uh, with the doll we have, you can do anything with it. It's really. Uh, and I thought stems, we couldn't have done it five years ago because they're about a gig to two gig in size, and uploading two gigs to the internet is. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's <almost> a lot. <laughs> now, now it's getting there. You know, we all have 300 megabyte fiber connections, and it's it, it's just. It's more accessible and people can upload. So stems and uh, we also started royalty-free music a year and a half ago because I think that there's a gap and nobody specialized into royalty-free dance music. And I want to open the door for artists to make better out of their music, you know, to, to sell it, to license it. Even if you put a track, you license it, you make six bucks, eight bucks, thanks, ten, ten dollars, you know, it's going to be better than having a... Twenty thousand Spotify stream, <laughs> right? So that's that's another thing we started doing, and I think electronic music needs more avenue for people to be accessible because it's just not it's not profitable for many people that put a lot of work into it, and it, it's sad to see amazing talent go away because they try, 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 they don't succeed, and like I'm gonna go, you know, and do accounting now. So, I gotcha. so this. This is, I try to give as much avenue as I would do to do it. Then we also offer audio services, which is mixing, mastering, uh, composition, uh, creating dot templates for the people in a specific genre, you know, anything that could help people. 
literally for four day production. So, so you really, you really provide the complete package for producers uh, with all this. Uh, uh, like, Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> of what it seems like, you have all the services, you have all the samples, you have all the templates, uh, copyright-free music, uh, all that. Uh, but how, you know, when you first started the website, what mm-hmm. did you have on the site? Just the templates? Is that what you started with? I had three producer and Cubase templates and Logic templates. So yeah, I have some screenshots somewhere of that. Uh, yeah, we had. I started with thirty template on July fifteenth, two thousand twelve. Okay, with- nice. Three of the producers that were working on my label, I recruited them and, you know, I say, send me some project, like, why I'm doing that? And uh, I use all of my network and all of that I work with on my record label and I put it in there, you know. So it, it kind of went off really strong from the bed, from the start. It went very, very good. You know, in six months, people were discovering the videos on YouTube and they're like, wow, I can buy this stuff? Okay. <laughs> It just worked, you know, it was an, it was, a, it was a no brainer. So, but still six years on, I think many people don't know it exists. So that's, that's the, 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 the next thing, the challenge to, to expose people to it. If they like it, great. If they don't, you know, I can't really convince them of it. So, so we were talking right before we recorded the, uh, we started recording uh, about how you got some backlash from people, um, on, mm-hmm. about, um, from your site. Uh, what has been that backlash? And uh, well, from their perspective, uh, why are they angry um, at you for creating this site and selling all this stuff for producers? I think a lot of people think it's cheating. I would argue with them that uh, dance music, electronic music in general, was founded on the basic principle of remixing records. You know, house music in Chicago was people sampling some discos, twisting it, adding some stuff. And it's always been about other people using other people's music to make their own. So I don't see why those products would be any different. They're actually the same principle, but advanced to the technological level we have now. I think it's, it's very legit. And they're like, well, I'm a purist. I make my own music. I don't use a template. I'm like, I can show you what I do with a template. I have a video somewhere on YouTube. I took one of my projects. Within 45 minutes, it was a completely different track. And it was really, really good. You know, it's not... Uh, I think any tool that can ignite creativity should be out there. People should use it. So people on YouTube, they comment, and then now we have remakes of popular songs and stuff, and they're like, oh, it's just a copy and this and that. No, I think, I think no one ever made music that never listened to music. So you have to listen to music. You have to inspire. You have to get it from somewhere. And if you like that Calvin Harris sound with those keys and those little guitars, great. This fits a starting point for you. And it's inspire you do something with it. You know, if you start from zero and you click on the silent bank and you like that, 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 and you're trying to make a track, then you're a long way. I started this way. I was processing all my samples, cutting them, compressing them, all drums one by one. I, I've done it. I, I know what it is, but I don't think it's necessary. I think it's 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 a better starting point, at least for anybody that's interested or excited about music. So. Let me think about the, the the comments that I have. Well, yeah, no, it's it's the the the. It's like it shouldn't be that way. This and that, and you know, it's cheating. This is the the most common one is cheating. You know, so I'm I'm sorry, but I don't see anybody not cheating anywhere in the world right now. So, uh, I you know, all producers use samples and loops, yeah. and uh, a lot use templates. I mean, personally, I think there's nothing wrong with it. Um, I feel like people get a little bit too carried away. Uh, 
with saying, oh, you know, I make everything by myself. I make every single preset. I make every single sample. I mean, that's great. Uh, I mean, good for you. Good sound designer. But, you know, the listener doesn't care. (laughs) The listener really really doesn't care at all. And even some labels don't even care. Uh, They'll talk about, oh, you know, you know, as long as you're using that cymatics sample creatively, uh, we don't care that you're using it. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the end result that counts. Like, but to get you going, to get you inspired, whatever, whatever goes, man. If you want to sit in the studio with your grandma, you know, sit in the studio with your grandma. If that work, this is this is the creative process is not something that you can provoke. You know, it's not. And if you have a little bit of help. Great. I, I did templates from templates, you know. I did some of my tracks. That I released an album uh, in the spring, and I made half of the track from templates, from stuff that I was really inspired. I'm like, man, this is good. I turned it around completely. I redid the scent. I used a vocal sample. I chopped it. I did some stuff. But the end result was only because this track that I had there that I was listening to, I was like, man, this is good. You know, this is – it has a groove, and it was those – Nice fat 808, 808 hits, and I was like, "Wow!" So this is the main track of my of uh, my last album. It was a template, you know. So nice. from a guy I really knew, I know him from Montreal, and I worked with him, and I met him a couple of times, and I told him, "Was like, man, wow, this is this is sick. The original was sick. The the new version is you can't. There's no. There's nothing really from the from right. the original. But yeah. So this is this is the the principle at least that I believe is true. So. Right. I th- uh, for me, I think the only thing that I think uh, templates uh, shouldn't be used is just just copy and pasting and just calling it done and not putting your own spin on it. Uh, for me, I don't think that uh, you know copy and pasting. There's no creativity in that. Uh, you know, as long as you're putting your own sort of spin on it, uh, I think that is uh, uh, how they should be used. Uh, what are your opinions on that? I think some people are a bit lazy, you know, and to get to be successful in the music industry, I don't know any lazy person that gets successful in the music industry. <laughs> some some get lucky, okay, that I won't mention, but most of the people work really hard. And this is not to get to the top, the point is to stay at the top. You know, we can get to the top by luck. Are you going to stay there? I don't think so, but it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. You have to put effort. We have many cases of people buying templates releasing the tracks. It happened. Mm-hmm. We got... On the port, quite quite a few, you know, and then like, okay, well, you realize that you stole a piece of music from somebody, you know. The template might be royalty free, yes, the template itself, but the composition of the track isn't, you know. It's not there. There's a bit of a I want to tell you one thing. There's a bit of a misunderstanding between royalty free and copyright free. You know, copyright free is like the song can do whatever you want, chop it, do anything. Royalty free is simply that you don't have to pay money to distribute it and use it. It's, it's, it's a bit of a thing that people have to understand. When you make a piece of music, somebody cannot take it and release it. This is not royalty free. Royalty free is simply you're going to be able to use the part, you're going to release it, you don't have to pay any money ever. So right. this, is, this is an important factor. It doesn't limit, but we at, le- at least have to put a little bit of a boundary where people take the whole track and release it. It's, it's you know, like we said it a couple of minutes ago. You do that and then you sell it and you're like, hey, I made that track. No, you didn't. <laughs> so you can use all the, all the drums, all the midis and stuff, change some note, do something, make a track, you know? Right. It's just, oh, that's one of the, a bit of the sad aspect. You talk about the, the things that are lesser great, that happen. Mm-hmm. But if it's somebody that's 20, 
two years old from uh, South America and he doesn't know anybody that and he released it because he had no idea. Okay, I understand, man. But uh, if you're building yourself a career and you just steal tracks here and there, well, that's maybe not a good idea. So, so how would you recommend? Uh, what would you recommend to artists who, let's say, buy one of your templates? Uh, what are some techniques uh, that you could use on the templates to put your own spin on it and uh, get started? Uh, with a track, with your template? I like, personally, I like to keep the, 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 the arrangements. The arrangements are always useful, useful because a lot of people, you know, they, they start a beat, they start a melody, they put some music, and then, you know, to arrange, to make a progression in the track and, you know, to understand it. So, I mean, I would take the, the whole drum, leave it, the effects, probably layers at the bottom, leave it, and I, I like to erase all the MIDI or keep some, but very little, you know, because I don't want... I want the sounds, you know, I want the bass, I want the keys, I want some things, I'll put my spin on it, but I don't want to have the whole melody of it, you know, I understand it's good to start, but if it's inspiring you, you just do it, or if you want, you can take a template and drop some MIDI that you like, you can, I use personally some classical music MIDI, Deadmau5 did that quite famously too, I don't know if you know, so yeah. why not take uh, some Bach, you know, and drop it on there and have some fun. Uh, this really, or if you get a keyboard, you get some keys, start playing. It's it, you don't need to know what you're doing as long as it sounds good. It's uh, <laughs> this way. So uh, yeah, get, keep the bass. Or if you if you like, you like all the sounds, then you can rearrange and MIDI completely. This is the key to that: is you have MIDI and sound banks. You know, this is the flexibility that no sample pack will ever offer. Is that you go into a track and then you switch the sound banks, you put what you like, you process it, you sidechain the hell out of it you, and, and you feel like you know so it's not because I do a track and I think it's finished that you're going to take it and be like oh yeah I think this is okay now you're going to have a completely different view and you're going to start putting input into it and then it will go God knows where so right so are you usually uh, using templates when you start your songs these days or kind of just a, a little uh, bit of everything starting from scratch starting with templates starting with samples everything Everything samples? No. MIDI? Yeah. I have a producer which I really like. That's a Czech guy that do trance. Uh, his name is Inner Hurt. It's amazing. Uh, but uh, I use this MIDI because do really amazing chord progressions. And I don't have musical training, so I take his chord progression, drop it in the DAW, and start building tracks. Nice. This is all I do it like straight from scratch, and I put some drums. I use uh, I don't use plugins. I'm a purist. I use Silent. Pretty much that's it, and I use Logic, so I I think Logic is full of amazing tools. I don't need anything else. And I started track, or it could be another day that there's one of the track I made that was like, wow, this was really really good. I take it, remix it, do another track. Uh, if I work on it, it always it depends, you know. After all those years, I don't have a real starting point, you know. If I feel like it, like I start with nothing, like literally nada. And I make a track like I used to do it in, in the early days. And those, most of the time, came out as the most creative, sonic-wise. Of the, the, the sound of what I bring is really me. But again, it's just about everything goes. So. I see. You know, I've noticed, uh, I've done a lot of interviews with uh, producers, and uh, they don't really have much music theory knowledge, but uh, they make incredible music. I feel like electronic music has allowed producers to kind of, uh, I wouldn't say throw away theory, uh, but just maybe not have as much knowledge about theory and still uh, create a compelling track. I guess, what's your opinion on uh, music theory and electronic music uh, these days? I think music theory is is, is uh, unnecessary. 
I can tell you, well, you probably know Daft Punk. You probably know Giorgio Moroder, the guy that made the first 4-4 track. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, he made a song about it, you know, clearly to say, hey, you know, that's definitely not what you need to make good music. You know, you need the groove. It's important to have that at some point. It could be useful. But I think to master your, your craft and to put out your own juice, your own creativity in it is much more important than to know, you know. I made, I made my best track with... Uh, I think there's three keys in them. It's not the point. I'm more, I mean, yeah, I'm more of a sound designer person who like the sounds and the keys and try to make things lively. But music theory, I think, I think engineering in electronic music is much more important. Engineering and sound design is much yeah, more absolutely, important. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want, you have a fat track that's got only one key in it. Great. It's not even important really. It's the output of, uh, of what it is is important. One of the best examples of that is me. I am not a fan of dubstep, okay, and um, I am a bit more now, but because I listen to what the people put on the side and I'm like, wow, this is the shit. <laughs> but <laughs> so, I, you know, this guy, uh, Skrillex, Skrillex, how do you say that? Skrillex? I don't even know how to say Skrillex. <laughs> but uh, this guy, so I heard of him and stuff, and then I go to a summer festival in Quebec City, which is a huge festival. I did not understand his music whatsoever, okay? I was like, I go there, he was on stage, he was playing for 30,000 people. What year was um, this? Uh, that was a while ago, 2014, 15, maybe? I'm okay. not certain. He was in the summer festival in Quebec City for like a massive crowd. So, And then I was there and then I got his music, I got his stuff. And it was not, it's just, it's heavy. It's a lot of really heavy engineering. It really has that push. But uh, I didn't understand it until I hear it play it on a big stage. You know? I tried to listen to it. Some people play me. I was like, it's kind of, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. But then I get it. But this is not, what makes music is definitely not the chord progression. Eh? Definitely not. It's, it's like the sound design of those layers and those growls and this whole interaction and the push and pull of, of what is really, I think, to me, cool dubstep is that. It's nothing to do with uh, composition. Right. You know? could be the same key for all of the elements, it wouldn't really matter. Right. So where do you see the music industry going uh, as far as, you know, what's going to be popular next uh, in the industry? I don't know. I, th I think it's, uh, I tell you my, my vision of the progression of what happened over the last 25 years that I've seen what happened. I think people get their entry point into electronic music to, you know, above and beyond and uh, the big name, Kashmir, whatever, you know, that is that is popular. And then if they like it enough, they go down to the sub-levels and they find artists that really make electronic music that make them vibrate. You know, of course, if you go to a big open-air show with 50,000 people and you like that, but there's so much more to electronic music than just the popular people. You know, you, I think I think this is my story, at least, you know, you don't hang on to those people. Music is great, but there's so much more out there. There's so much really amazing, soulful, deep house, some really great future bass that's like, wow, I don't know. What's next? I don't know. I, break, I think break beat is the big thing right now with future bass, you know, future bass and some down tempo stuff. And, you know, I think I've seen it coming. I think it was coming for a while. It's more... I would compare it more the rock side of electronic music, you know, because rock four four sometimes more breaky, different different beats, and it's 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 better. It's more complex music. It's not like a four four house music with the same sample for five minutes. Right. 
more, you know, it has it has some groove to it. It has some progression. So I think Future Base is going to stay and it's going to be, uh, well, it's already on radio everywhere. So I guess. Yeah. yeah, Future Base has exploded over the last few years. It's just, it everyone's listening to it. Everyone's producing it. <laughs> What's next? Uh, it's a good question. I think maybe uh, I really don't know. House music is still strong now. They all see people think that this thing is more popular, but it's only because they're within circles that are going in that direction. It's not necessarily that global. Everybody sent future base. You know, you go to a big EDM event, it's gonna be there. You go to nightclub, deep house is huge. You go to different, so it's just like little cells of of people. So it's 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 a bit more complicated. Uh, what's popular uh, in Vancouver? Right now, I, I am in Barcelona. Oh, so. you're in Barcelona. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I crazy here, part, crazy party city. <laughs> here it's techno. Uh, Europe okay. is very techno. You know, it's very very techno. In the bigger city, you have big EDM events and stuff, but it's techno. Techno is is king here in Germany. You know, in England, you got to be more progressive and house and deep. You know, it's deep house is here, but if I play. A techno track that I believe is techno here, they're gonna say, "No, this is house." You know, so <laughs> it's, it's, it, all, it all depends where you are and how they yeah. classify the music. Isn't drum and bass popular at all over there? I remember I saw, uh, went to a few clubs, like the Music Box, I believe it was, and they uh, had a few drum and bass shows. No, I don't think drum and bass is popular anywhere. But uh, <laughs> still, I don't know. Personally, I love drum and bass. Okay, I'm a big fan, but I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I really, I don't. Uh, I don't go out much, you know, at all. So I, I couldn't tell. I'm busy here, you know, in the, the studio. So <laughs> we go out. Going out is secondary. Making, I, I think, giving opportunity to the people that I work with is more important than getting smashed in the club. So that's. Yeah, I think that it's better to work on the next generation than to go there. I don't think I'm going to meet a lot of people that will sign up to my site, you know, in the club. So it's right. a. It's a bit of a yeah. So my time is better invested here. So what is a what does a typical day look like for you, uh, running the site and everything? You want to know? Oh my god! Okay, people <laughs> freak out a little bit. Uh, I wake up at six every day and I work. Hopefully, twelve to fifteen hours in the day. That's a six lot. Six or seven. <laughs> six or seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah, I I start with emails, recovery, customers. We have a fair amount of customers. We have a fair amount of marketing. We have a fair amount of products coming in every day. Uh, I have a product manager. You know, I have a programmer. I have my wife working with me. Uh, there's a lot of artists uploading. It's it's constantly. I have to monitor the transaction because there's a lot of fraud, sadly, or oh, a lot, some fraud. It's uh, on the daily day to day. There's a lot, and I do contract. I work, so uh, yeah, it's so it's, ne- it's never it's, a dull moment. Always, always something to do. Yeah, I have a lot to do. It's always like that. Now, now we're we we want to get the word out. I think I think that with almost five thousand product, most people will find what they like. You know, I so now I think it's time to put the word out to get the people to either upload and download. People have to understand too to to our conversation that this is not only. People and label selling is anybody like you or somebody that make music with a doc and upload a template. You know, it's not. I want it to be open, so any creative idea that could be shared could be taken and remixed. You know, I, I am surprised personally of seeing people uploading stuff, and I'm like, okay, creatively it's cool. You know, mix is not exceptional, but I will take it in because somebody else might like it. And you know what? People are buying those, so that means on the other end. 
somebody is there and is like, yeah, this, I like this group. I want to do something like that, you know? So, and I won't mention, but I have a fair amount of very famous people who bought templates. So nice. when I say a fair amount, uh, yes. Uh, and the top artists in the world, yeah, I have some of these. So that's a good, when that happened, it's a good sign of, um, it's a sign of, you know, okay, I think we're on the right track. So yeah, I was looking through a lot of your templates uh, and I was impressed by the quality of a lot of them. And all sorts of genres. I mean, you really nail down all the big electronic genres as well as go out into like jazz and uh, genres like that, which is real nice, which you don't see uh, a lot, uh, that variety. It's uh, orchestral and electronic music goes well together. Jazz goes well, rock, oh, yeah. anything, anything goes. Like I think it's uh, now we're going to pop, you know. Pop is electronic mostly, but real pop song like Adele, like uh, whichever. It's not... If there's something you like, good. It's it's to give to give a to give like the tools. So that's about it. So if producers uh, if a producers are looking to uh, release any templates, uh, they have samples that they think are good. Um, how could they get in contact with you uh, to potentially release on your site? How does that whole process work? The process is very simple. On the front page, there's either uh, get inspired or upload. And you click on upload, it's going to lead you to a page that will give you some details, you know, of what we do. I also did a bit of a comparison chart of our platform to the regular old school and, you know, what we offer that is, I believe, better. And uh, then you sign up and I approve the account and we review all the music that's coming in. If it's not good, I'm going to send an email say, well, you know, the mix is not, I mean, but it, it really would have to be very beginner with no creative idea for us to refuse it. Some people, they go on the side and like, oh, this is not so good. But I mean, you have to understand, music is subjective. So I think an idea is an idea and it should be preserved. You know, I want to become like a large database of people, of ideas from people, you know, that share those ideas. It's, it's, and yes, there's money involved because it's music and nobody's making any money from music, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give those for free. I have some artists that are with us for four or five years and they made the, the tens of thousands of dollars. And they have a nice studio, they bought apartments, they build their life around that. And, you know, this is a chance that they wouldn't have had without us. So giving the power back to the creators is just so important. So signing up is easy. I want it frictionless, you know. when uh, Frictionless is simple. Is When you go to Google and you accept the term of service, you click, right? That's mm-hmm. no friction. You know, if you want to sell stuff on other sites, you get to sign a contract, you're going to evaluate, you're going to have to commit to whatever. I think it destroyed the whole creative process and you got to do things because you think they're going to sell. As us, I want people to make a track with hopefully the least plugin as possible and then upload it so other people can just get creative with it. You know, it's a very, it's a very different mentality. Of, uh, so like I said, people perceive it differently, but this is really what's behind it. Yeah? Okay. Uh, so what is the royalty split uh, for putting... Um, let's say I put a project file up on your site. Uh, what what percentage? The base the base split is fifty fifty. For people that have twenty five or more product, we go to sixty. We hope to increase it because we still have a lot of cost. But it's standard. I mean, if you sell on Beatport, it's the same. You sell on Producer mm-hmm. Loops, it's the same. You sell on EDSR, it's the same. Yeah, uh, we give 60, 60 to people that have twenty five or more product that are committed. You know, mm-hmm. if you committed and you make templates and what I would say to labels that do sample pack is like when you do a sample pack, you create a track, 
in the DAW, why don't you just upload that track instead of create a sample pack? Uh, it's just like a kind of a logical thing. But, Very true. <laughs> so it's, it's even simpler. So it goes from your creativity to the person who gets creativity. It's like the simplest path and the most, the less, uh, the less um, friction path. But again, there's a DAW, there's plugins, you know, so there's complication, you know, into the looking for something and finding something. So we have to have an immense amount of choice. Right. So what's next uh, for We Make Dance Music? What do you hope to expand on or start something new inside the, the website? Uh, we're going to start a record label. Okay, so nice. we're going to release music from, from templates or not templates. From uh, you know, We're going to release music from our artists because I want them to have another avenue. And uh, the site will keep on expanding a lot. You know, now we're having a lot of product. It's it's every day. I uh, we told we want to enabling some products. So it's a very good sign. Uh, but I think it's choice. You know, what is coming is choice. You know, on as much as possible. You know, you have to. If you go to shop on Amazon, you know, you can find uh, like a little duck of different sizes. You know, floating duck. You can probably find ten different sizes. It's the same thing for us. We want to have as much choice as possible. So if you browse, browse us, and then it's something that, like, oh, click, you know, the producer click, like, oh, this is this is good, I like that. Then if you don't find that, you just wasted your time. So it's a bit sad. So we will also put the technology to make sure people find that as soon as possible, as fast as possible, hopefully. So. Nice. What's um, coming out? This, this is, uh, yeah, that's a choice. More nice. producers, more labels, uh, uh, more free stuff. Uh, more you know? nice so you're really giving the power to the artist here uh, with your site which is great to see uh, with your site because I'll see a lot of sites that don't really give that power back to the artists where they're just looking to make a quick dollar uh, on something they're selling and you know it's refreshing to see a site like this I think I think people uh, they, they, they have it wrong creating something for the masses, you know, when you do a sample pack, I'm not going to diss anybody because some of them are really high quality, but uh, creating something for the masses just because it's popular now will not have sold. If you make a track that you love for yourself just because you push yourself into it and somebody's going to feel that on the other end, there's no choice, you know, it's not going to be, uh, yeah, the tools are good. I think those tools are good for producers who make track ghostwriters or whatever for other people that want to sound that way, but for people that want to be creative, that want to stand out, which you have to do if you want to be successful in that business you know if you make that richie sound you just make that richie sound no disrespect but you still make that sound like make something else right uh, everybody that succeeded came up with a sound that was different fatter whatever that is like the, this uh this uh skrillex skrillex or whatever <laughs> is exactly that he came with a sound that like what the fuck is that right really? <laughs> like this is cool, you know? So that's what you need. This is what you need in electronic music. You don't go and make some, you know, Calvin Harris-style track. You're not going to go anywhere with that. You're not Calvin Harris, so, you know, not you, but obviously the person, so. Right. All right, so what would you recommend for producers looking to create their own signature sound? Because uh, that really is a big topic and, and can be very difficult, especially for producers just starting out. You know, uh, yeah, as you I mentioned, think- they'll just, you know, just listen to their favorite songs and try and copy them. I think they should get their grandma in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the secret. No, but 
I, I think I think that I did that. Okay, I did that with a co-producer who produced an album, which is really cool. And every time we were like, okay, that sound a little too much like this, a little too much like that. I'm like, this is great. Let's do it. You know, every, every time we're going toward a certain sound that uh, we're like, oh, no, no, sorry, I, I have to go back. Um, so not, I think people are go from the get-go to try to create a certain sound, you know. So he goes, I'm going to make a deep house track. And then halfway through it's like, that doesn't really sound like deep house. So you just drop it because it's not what you wanted at first place, which is a very bad mistake. Right, because right. if deep, that means that your creativity went somewhere and then you brought something to the table. And then you're like, oh, this is cool. This is more techie or whatever, you know, whatever that is that, that may be at this moment. But go there. Go in those unknown territories and explore and go deeper and deeper and drop some trance riff in a freaking deep house track if you want. You know, why not? So it's not, uh, I don't think people should be bound by what they want to do. They, they should go and open completely to any possibility record some frogs if you want man uh, <laughs> I, this is this is this is music you know it's not uh we're not making cakes here you know so, right i feel what, i think what happens sometimes is you know producers will you know have a specific label that they want to be on you know monster cat Osla, you know labels like that and they'll just copy certain tracks just to kind of get on that record label i mean do you have any tips for producers looking to get on labels without just copying someone else's track I think people should persevere with their own sounds and not not try to get onto a label with a certain track. Try to make connection with the people at the label, make connection with the people that are on the label, try to collaborate with people. The key, I think the key to success in anything is collaboration. You have to go to people, you know, you have to try to share your music to the people you think will like it, you know, just do that. It's It's increasingly difficult with the web. Because everybody's pitching music everywhere with automated system, and then your DJ, you look, you open your Chrome inbox, and you have like a thousand track. You know, you like, you know, you have to hire somebody to listen to all of these. Does he have the same taste? Maybe not. So it, it makes things more complicated. So it's it's trying to connect in your industry. It could be at the bottom. It could be at the top. You could go and meet some people. It could be at a music production meetup, Ableton Live meetup, uh, tech meetup, whatever. You know, you really have to go in and create those connections, collaborate, exchange, and doors will open eventually. Yeah? Awesome. Awesome. So where can everyone find uh, find you? Where can they contact you? And uh, the site, all your social media, give us all that stuff. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, anybody feel free to send me an email on the site at any time. We make dancemusic.com. I look at all the emails. I have a few hundred a day, but it's, it's, it's nice, you know, to see that. And uh, social media, I'm sorry, I am not really so much into that. So <laughs> we have a really, we have a cool YouTube channel. Social media is, is there. You know, it's not, I don't post, I don't do anything on there. I am a real life person. <laughs> it's just, uh, that's it, you know, I'm, it's just not, it's not my thing. So, yeah, <laughs> so we make dancemusic.com. That's where I would send people to, to look at what we do. And if they send an email, I'm going to get it, or my assistant's going to get it, and we're going to answer. We're all always here, you know. Get out. So that's going to do it for episode number three of the Why Sound Works podcast. 
I want to thank you all for joining, and I hope you got plenty of music production tips and tricks that you guys could use, as well as the mindset you, that you can take into your own productions. And again, if you guys want to check out all the production resources that Mikas has on his site, head on over to WeMakeDanceMusic.com. And if you would like to hear a particular artist or industry professional on the podcast, feel free to email me, Daniel Strongen at Daniel at soundshockaudio.com. That is Daniel at soundshockaudio.com, and I will get in contact with this person. Also, feel free to leave a comment or review on iTunes if you enjoyed the podcast. And be sure to check out the number one spot on the web for the modern music producer, soundshockaudio.com, where all your music production needs are met, as we have the largest library of free sample packs on the web right now, as well as tons of free plugins, presets, contact instruments, and music production apps. So check out soundshockaudio.com. And that's going to do it for the episode, so I'll see you all next time.